0: Do you want to know more about vampires, werewolves, zombies, and man-made monsters? Would
1: you like to know more about the classic universal monster movies responsible for creating the entire horror genre?
0: Then listen to our podcast, Let's Talk Monsters,
1: where we discuss everything monsters. Available on Apple
0: Podcasts, Spotify, Podbean, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hiring
1: for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank.
0: Hi, I'm
2: Mike. Hey, I'm Leanna.
0: And you probably remember us from Booby Trap, the podcast. And we're back with a new podcast called Booby Trap Chat. What we'd like to do here is we would like to fill in some details of, from the story, update people on where we're at. It's been a couple of years now. Actually, it's been three, right? It's
2: been three years, yep.
0: Yeah, since it came out. So
2: we have a lot of new information that we would like to discuss with everybody, Yeah, kind of fill everybody in and bring everybody up to speed on what we've discovered in the past few years.
0: Right. And we also want to answer some questions that have come to us via online threads like Reddit. And I think that's pretty much it. We want to keep this short. We're hoping to be able to come back with a few of these. Uh, We don't want to hit everyone over the head with too much information at once. So we're going to just try to just move quickly from point to point. And so the first thing I think, we owe the listeners is an update. And the update is on where have we been? What's the status of the book? Where have we been for the last three years or so since the podcast initially came out? And what wound up happening was the podcast was affiliated with a podcast network called Apostrophe, which uh, is based in Toronto, Canada and run by the O'Reilly family. And they really helped us a lot promoting it initially and getting behind it and giving it a nice push, which we really appreciate. As a result of that, there was a connection made to an entertainment, a production company also based in Toronto, Canada, and they decided that they would like to make an unscripted documentary on the story. So we agreed and we began in, uh, I want to say the beginning of 2021, we started collaborating with the production company with the goal of creating and putting out there a four part, one hour each episode. So this would be four hour documentary, four episodes one hour each.
2: Yeah. So during the process and because they were a production company and and this is what they do is they create these documentaries. They had people on board. They specifically did research and they had access to things that we did not have access to. So we were able to learn a lot of new information, some things that we had no idea about, some things that we had suspicions about were kind of verified through some of that information. So the story just got a lot bigger and a lot crazier. But yeah, we went through the process of that and we actually we actually got pretty far. We had a pitch deck. We talked to directors, right? Right.
0: Yeah, exactly. No, it it moved along very nicely and there was a lot of confidence that this documentary was going to get greenlit and it was actually going to get made and it was going to be streamed on one of the major streamers. Uh, We pitched it to all of them. Unfortunately, what wound up happening was there were some problems post-pandemic in that industry, primarily with Netflix, and it created a ripple effect because we were shopping it in the spring of 2022. And it just turns out that that was a really bad time to shop this story. And long story short is at the end of the uh, exclusive option that they decided to not renew their option. And so just like out of nowhere, all of a sudden we had no representation. Pretty much the end of last year was when they decided not to renew the option. Well, we took a break, right? Admittedly, we, we needed it. We needed a break. We needed it. <laughs> and um, <laughs> and now we're kind of coming back around again and thinking about it. And we've been talking about doing this podcast for a while now. Just, just haven't, you know, one of us is motivated, the other one isn't, or vice versa. So we finally found ourselves in a situation where, like, okay, let's just do it. So now we're doing it. Going back to some of the stuff that we discovered when we had this extra ability w- doing research. Leanna and I, we... We started doing research on this back in 2008, and we have limited resources.
2: Right, but it it was also easier back then. Right. Everything has a paywall now, so it was difficult for us to get a lot of information.
0: Exactly, yeah. And, you know, we did pretty well. We got a lot of documents from uh, Dade County. We were ahead of everyone on this story by a lot. When we started working with the production company, they put in a request— for more documents from Dade County. And as it turns out, there was a whole other box that we mm-hmm. weren't aware of back in 2009. It right. was a whole other box of evidence and uh, depositions and transcripts and things like that. So right. armed with that, we really, like we said a few minutes ago, we had a lot of suspicions. There were a lot of unanswered parts of this story and a lot of that stuff was filled in
2: yeah it really filled in a lot of those things that we weren't sure about and we couldn't we just couldn't get any other information even from talking to people has been has been difficult but we have had some new people show up
0: right we've uh, a lot of people have come out of the woodwork and have contacted us with with their stories and we really appreciate that a lot because that's really helped us and because of all of this new evidence um, a lot of this stuff is not even in the original podcast so the story has really we could do a whole new podcast And it would include so much more stuff that we didn't even know or we were unsure of, we could say, when we did the first podcast. And that's also one of the main reasons why I decided to put my book on hold, because I was uh, halfway through writing it and once... I realized there was all of this extra stuff that wouldn't have been in the book. I decided that, oh, let me, you know, let me pump the brakes here for a second and get like a whole new perspective on the entire story. Well,
2: because it's a different story now.
0: Right, exactly.
2: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, Great. Um, so back to the drawing board. <laughs> yeah,
0: right. So because there's, there's so many layers to the madness of this uh, chain of events that happened way back when. So that's more or less our update. And uh, another thing that we noticed over the past year or so is that there are some new threads that have appeared, people discussing Booby Trap. We would like to respond to some of the comments that people have made. And, you know, it's not whether people like it or not. We're cool with that. We know that the story is not for everyone. and, And even the style by which it was made is not for everyone. <laughs> and that's totally fine. But there are some not almost comments and stuff that, that have been made because people don't understand why some of the things that I said or why was that necessary?
2: Well, it, the story is being told from your perspective.
0: Right. Yeah. And so, that, a yeah. lot of times people seem to have a problem understanding that <laughs> concept. But right. But we, we want to address some of those issues. So that's, you know, those are basically the three things we want to address in this episode of be trap chat, which is, you know, telling you guys where we've been for the last two plus years, mention some of the things that we've learned from the research and some of the people we've had discussions with. And then lastly, answer a couple of questions from at least one thread that we noticed and and other comments that we've gotten over the years, over the last couple of years. So did you want to start off by just mentioning a couple of the things, you know, from the research, the extra research that we... Did.
2: Well, I can say that I, so I just, I've been in the habit of digging through the internet for so many years now, but I continued to kind of siphon through Facebook and I did find a couple of people that were involved with that Boy Scout troop, Troop 85. And I'm not going to disclose those things now. I mean, it was good for our purpose because it clarified some things for us. And then when we would hear a similar story from somebody else, then we knew we were getting a clearer picture of what was actually going on inside the house, what was actually going on during the camp outs. But what, the one thing that I did notice is those people would show up and they would I would have a conversation. They would tell me a lot of really personal things and, uh, and then they would agree to continue t- to have conversations with me. And then they would disappear. So I think that also happened to you. Am I correct?
0: Yeah. 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 Um, People made the effort to reach out and I'm always good at responding. Uh, If I get emails or whatever, I always respond right away. And I tell whoever it is, you know, you don't have to worry, you know, if, if you want me to keep your identity confidential, that's no problem. But it seems to, yeah, a large percentage of these people, they'll contact us, they'll tell us a few things and then they'll just disappear. Right. We, we, gotten the feeling that as bad as what Chuck did to these kids as bad as it was we're starting to feel like it's it was probably a lot worse. There seems to be other things now discussed that were going on with the with the camping trips
2: yeah and those and some of the things that are verifying that is uh, that most recent documentary called Scouts Honor. That was on Netflix. Netflix, yeah, yeah. And they mentioned a particular troop that was in the region, so it's in, they were in Louisiana, I think. But literally all the same stuff that we've talked about that happened with Troop 85.
0: Oh, the same exact, same exact mo. It's I mean, literally yeah. carbon
2: copy. So where that led us, and th- and this was a su- suspicion early on, was that there was a much, much, much bigger picture that Troop 85 and Chuck Falco were really only a. Sp- Only a part of that. That's basically where we're at right now. Horrifying.
0: Easily a national pedophile ring, most likely an international pedophile ring.
2: Yes, because someone... Someone mentioned that, and it was that documentary, Louisiana, that they there were quite a few men that were flying in from Germany and from Europe.
0: Exactly. And we know from some of the people we've spoken to since the podcast came out, there were certain details included in the camping trips, some of the things that the boys were made to do. And when we hear about it happening in other scouting troops and we hear that there were other men present who the boys would refer to as, well, Chuck brought someone, someone who was around his age or someone who was older, you know? Right. And these guys are not there in any official capacity. They're not part of the Boy Scouts. Right. They wind up partaking in a lot of the sexual abuse. Right. The Scouts Honor documentary mentions that with the troop from Louisiana is very similar. The more we dig here, the more we're finding it's a web. It's definitely connected.
2: It's definitely connected. Yes.
0: Yeah. And, um, Going back to the research that we were able to do while we were with the production company, uh, we definitely learned a lot more because there were depositions that we didn't have. Tony Simmons, my childhood friend, he actually gave a second deposition in 1983 as part of the Jerry Bukowski case. There were other scouts who all came forward in 82, 83, and they were all accusing Chuck
1: There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you.
0: Of sexual abuse and molestation. And the lawyer at the time, Lauren Cogan, was trying to get you know these charges to stick onto Chuck Falco. But his lawyers, they were just... Um, I, I guess I shouldn't bad mouth, but uh, these uh, I,
2: they were inappropriate.
0: I hesitate to even refer to them as human. I mean, it's yeah. these guys were monsters, and uh, you know they 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 knew their client was guilty, and they were using every trick in the book. Yeah. to scare the hell out of these kids, telling these kids that if they said this, if they said that, that they could go to jail hmm. for things that they had done. Uh, and most of it was just nonsense, Yeah. but it was enough to spook them. And so therefore, that's one of the main reasons why uh, Chuck was never convicted on any of those charges in the the Jerry Bukowski kidnapping case. He was only charged with uh, possession of weapons yeah. and, um, yeah. and attempted kidnapping and tampering with a witness.
2: I'm pretty sure that uh, style of it's almost like interrogation. Some of that stuff, some of the stuff, the lawyers, when they join those depositions, I read some of that stuff, too. Yeah. Uh, I don't, I I don't think that flies anymore. It's, but again, it's all connected.
0: Yeah, it's all connected.
2: There's reasons why we haven't been able to get information. and. But in light of some of the things that we did learn, Chuck's letters read very differently to me now.
0: Oh, yeah, for sure. Definitely for sure.
2: All the things I was laughing about and being like, oh, whatever. Right. Now I see. Yeah, there's the pieces are fitting a little differently
0: <laughs> because we were under the impression that he was a lone wolf, that he had been acting alone. And now right. now that it's becoming pretty clear that, no, Chuck was linked into most likely an international pedophile ring when he mentioned that the FBI was still watching him. Now we're cool. like, they probably are. You know, they, they you know, probably yeah, are. Yeah. If
2: whoever's communicating with him. Right. That's what they're interested in.
0: Exactly. Right. So it's not, you know, we, we were kind of, we were kind of naive and gullible thinking that he's locked up for the rest of his life and he just thinks that he can say things and try to scare us like we're still 14 years old. <laughs> in actuality, it was, yeah. we, we realized, oh my God, this is a much bigger thing. So yeah, I mean, in closing, we would like to address a couple things that have come up via comments and feedback and online threads. One of the little bits of criticism that we get with the podcast is that there tend to be a lot of digressions. There tend to be stories about what it was like growing up in Miami and and it doesn't seem to be connected with the crimes. Uh, I mean, all I can say is that we never claimed that this story was a straight up true crime story. This This story has always been a coming of age story about Gen Xers growing up in South Florida. Richie's death... Is a thread that runs through the story, and then the sexual abuse in the Boy Scouts is is more of a backdrop. You know, I am the storyteller, and yes, it's told from my perspective, and I'm not perfect. And you know, it's but that's just you got to take it with a grain of salt. When I collaborated with James Archer, he is my partner in that podcast, and if you've ever collaborated with someone on anything, you know you have to make compromises, and I don't apologize. I would stand by that podcast the way it was made. Ultimately, in the end, we both agreed that okay, this is. This is the best we can do. We're trying to create something together. And James made huge contributions to that. I couldn't have done that podcast without James. I think that goes without saying. And so, but it is what it is. It's, it's a telling of the story. Uh, my book, when my book eventually comes out, it will be a different telling of the story. And if a documentary ever comes out, that will also be a different telling of the story.
2: Well, there's several tellings of yeah. this story. Right. Yes. And that's what you're saying is true. I mean, and and all of these things we have, both you and I have personal memories, personal experience, personal connections with this whole story. So that's where a lot of that nostalgia comes in too. Because I think that we also play to part of telling this story is we're playing to the people we went to school with. We're playing to the people that remember this event happening.
0: Right. Yeah, John Lennon said this uh, right before he was assassinated. Um, He said he was talking about Double Fantasy, someone asked him, why is there that little bell that rings at the beginning of the record? There's like a little ding, ding. Mm -hmm. And he said, well, that's because the first album he made in 1970 with Yoko, with the Plastic Ono Band, there was a big low kind of like, kind of the record started. So he wanted to show being at the end of the 70s. Now that was at the beginning of the 70s when the Vietnam War was still happening. Things were dark. That was his way of saying, hey, we got through it, didn't we? We got through it Mm -hmm. and we're better for it. And he said, I know that people who are not of our generation won't understand it. Mm-hmm. He said, I made Double Fantasy for people my own age. Right. He goes, if, if younger people like it, that's great. He goes, "I he goes, the more people who like it, that's, that's just icing on the cake. He said, but these songs in this album, this is for... M- the people who've gone through this whole thing with me mm-hmm. and I think you and I are saying the same thing about this story if other yeah. people get it and they appreciate it and they like it younger people that's great you know we right. we want to reach as many people as we can but we're really speaking to fellow Gen Xers and that's really you know when you talk about the nostalgia in the story that's why we don't edit those things out Now, granted maybe some stuff could be edited out a little bit um, yeah. but, <laughs> but you know but I mean for the most part we like to leave a lot of those stories in because it's, it enriches the story. It brings you back.
2: Well, we are, we are definitely a nostalgic bunch. Of course. Yeah. And we've got, cause we have, we have lots of crazy stories and this is definitely one of
0: them. Okay, so to answer one of the questions that we saw online, and this came, uh, this was one question sort of like a head-scratching, a lot of people were confused by this. we got a lot of comments on the bus story. (laughs) Why was the bus story included? I've seen people write the bus story, ugh, you know. (laughs) Let me give you guys a little bit of fill you in on some details with the bus story. Okay, in my book, the bus story precedes the shooting of Richie. So therefore, when you start reading the story, you You don't know who's going to be killed and you don't know who the killer is. It's what's called a red herring and it's there to build suspense. It is still true. All of the stuff I said is true. I was out with my friend that night and we did go on this hitchhiking adventure and that was the same night that Richie was killed and I did find out the next day when my dad came over to Ralph's to tell me that one of my friends had been shot. All of that stuff is true but in the book it precedes me explaining who actually really got shot. I told James the story about the bus and he liked it. And he said, well, we should include it. We should have it as part. So it wound up in episode two. Uh, I think it's more the placement of it. Maybe some people just don't think the story is all that relevant. Like we've said, this story is a coming of age story and we like to include those kinds.
2: I feel like maybe it's like when you watch some of those shows like Better Call Saul or Breaking Bad, and then you have that kind of palate cleanser episode it's a little bit of filler, and I, I know it's it's there to enrich the story. But yeah, I think maybe that's what you're thinking, or that's how people are maybe perceiving. Right, it. and
0: and I think. There are a lot of people out there who are just, they're into true crime and they, there's a certain format. Oh, yeah,
2: they want to get right. right. To there's it. a format <laughs> with true
0: crime and you don't mess around with that. You, you, once you get into the nitty yeah. gritty of the crime, they just want you to stay with that. They don't want you to, they don't want that gear switching, right? Palette cleansing thing to have, Like, there's like, no, I, th- no, you're boring me now. All I can say is maybe, <laughs> maybe this show isn't for you and that's okay. It's, it's perfectly fine. Hey, you're not for everyone. I know I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, uh another question that I noticed uh, not so much a question, maybe more of a comment, was uh, that uh, some people seem to think that I describe myself as being a little bit too perfect. Mm. A 14-year-old kid who uh, has a good head on his shoulders, still comes off as pretty cool.
2: Okay, don't go on about it. You're doing it. You're doing it.
0: All I can say is that I I would never apologize for my friendship with Tony. And uh, Tony really was like that. I mean, he really, he did not like, whenever I got into philosophical stuff, I've always been a philosophical person, even when I was a kid. And a lot of my friends found it to be very boring. It was not cool. It wasn't considered cool.
2: I would I would like to throw something in here is that and I also say it to people and I it's not always only amongst my people my generation we listened to we listened to a lot of progressive rock when we were growing up that's like Rush like Hemispheres all that stuff that's pretty philosophical stuff oh yeah I mean that yeah. might be where we got a lot of those things you know we were listening to some really sophisticated music
0: right I mean and. You know, it's just, of course, you know, smoking the pot gets you thinking about life. Did you and say
2: de- the pot? Yeah. You said the pot.
0: <laughs> smoking the pot. And, um, <laughs> and uh, yeah, and so it's, I don't apologize for any of that. That's really the way things were. And no, I was not a perfect kid. I made lots of mistakes and I did lots of stupid yeah, I'll things. I'll vouch
2: for that. Yes, I'll totally vouch for it.
0: We all did.
2: Yeah, I climbed up on the marquee at the movie theater to pull off uh uh, and a le- capital letter E and then number seven, because there was no L Right, and presented me with those.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I actually forgot about that. So you reminded me of that. <laughs> I
2: was like, what's this seven? You're like, no, it goes this way. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's right. Good old times.
2: Yep. Good times.
0: We're gonna stop it there, and we, we'd like to do another one of these. Uh, we would like to know what you guys think of this. What, what should we call it? An after podcast podcast? I don't, I don't know what these things are called. We
2: can call it whatever we want. Well, you know, like they have, they have like
0: Walking Dead, and then The Talking Dead is like the show. The, the after yeah. they discuss the latest episode. Well,
2: we're, it's Booby Trap Chat. We're, we're talking about it.
0: Right, so Booby Trap Chat, yeah. yeah. And we yeah. would like to know what you guys think. So we do have a Facebook page, a Booby Trap Facebook page, and we welcome people to join it and to share their thoughts and to give comments, leave comments and feedback. Uh, tell us what you think about uh, this new podcast that Leanne and I are starting.
2: Yeah, if you want to hear us yammer on about all the new crazy stuff we found out, Just give us a thumbs up on the old Facebook
0: page. Sounds good. Um, Okay, we'll just leave it at that. Bye. If you like this podcast, please subscribe. Leave us five stars and a review. Thanks. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Do you want to know more about vampires, werewolves, zombies, and man-made monsters?
1: Would you like to know more about the classic universal monster movies responsible for creating the entire horror genre?
0: Then listen to our podcast, Let's Talk Monsters.
1: Where we discuss everything monsters. Available
0: on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Podbean, or wherever you get your podcasts.